0: hello 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 and welcome to episode three of the live big podcast and today we're gonna talk about letting go letting go of control this can be a really 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 scary thing for a lot of people so we're gonna dive deep in how to let go and why we should let go So I think we all go through a lot of different situations where we feel like we need to control the outcome because we have a very, very, very specific idea of what we want in our life and how we want it to play out and what time we want it to play out at. And we also look around us seeing a lot of people that might already have this in their lives or they've created an experience that has worked out for them. And so we want it in the exact same form Um, but more authentic to us, so we try to even control it a little bit more to create a story. So right now, I just want you to think about one thing that's going on in your life that you are trying to control, because we all do it. (laughs) And whether you like to admit it or not, we we dream up. We have imaginations, and we are able to dream up a lot of different storylines in our life, And it's a great thing to be able to do because if we couldn't imagine these things, if we couldn't dream up these things in different ways, then we wouldn't be able to go after what we really want in our life. But there's a fine line between wanting something to happen and wanting something to happen in a very specific way. And so for me, I know for me, I'm very much a doer in my life. Um, I have... I like to think of myself as a very, um, instinctual person. Um, and I also like to think of myself as I trust my gut and I go after what I want. And most people that know me would say that actually. So, um, sometimes I even do things without thinking about the, like thinking them through. Um, but, As I've gotten older, you know, the experiences that I've had in the past have allowed me to really plan and prep for things. Um, But the planning and the prepping also comes into that controlling factor. Um, So this is a fine line, right? We all need to be able to plan. We all need to prepare. And we all need to be able to take steps towards our dreams and our goals and our missions in life. But we need to allow for some space for creativity in within that process as well. So yeah, just think of one thing that you are trying to control to the nth degree in your life right now and the way that you'll you'll be able to know if you're overly controlling this area of your life is if you feel fear around it. So if you feel fear like in your gut that if you don't do it this way or if you don't get up every day and, you know, put the hours in and if you don't, you aren't present with it every day, that it's not going to work out. It's not going to happen. And this can happen. And we have a lot of fears around, you know, some people have fears around finances. Some people have fears around relationships. Um, A lot of people have just fear of being respected, fear of their career um, fear of being fired um, and we all have a certain amount of control within each area and we all struggle with certain levels of control and you'll notice with a certain level of control that you battle with is the certain level of fear that you have within your life and that directly connects and links back to our our sense of self-worth as well because if we are centered if we have a sense of of um quiet confidence in our life we don't tend to over control things we tend to trust the process and trust that hey if this isn't meant for me if this doesn't happen for me it's not meant to be there and something else is going to come in I, i'll be fine no matter what right um, so it's just interesting to look at what parts of our life are we over controlling and to understand that when we do over control, we restrict the process and we don't open the process up to something grander. And what I mean by that is simply by being willing to open yourself up to a higher energy. So think of certain situations in your life that you've had that have basically come into your life without you knowing it. So it could be... um, You know, you look back at the stories of your life. I got this job because of this step and this step and this step. And it could be like 10 different steps that had to come into play for that to happen. And you could never, ever, ever replay that in real time. You can never reconstruct that moment, moment for moment, in order for it to have happened in the perfect way that it did. Right? So... If we take a step back and we start to understand that really, yes, we are, we are part of the process, but we are not the manager and we cannot control the process completely of our life. And that can be scary for a lot of people to actually realize that you aren't in complete control, but you do have a part to play within that process. Now, understanding what that part is to play within that process is where the work comes in, right? The other side to this is when you are trying to create something, let's let's just have an example here. So let's say you're trying to sell your house, right? And you you need to sell it because you're... Your finances are caught up in the house. Um, Not a lot of money is coming in right now. You know, there could be a lot of different um, ingredients to this recipe. But they're all adding to fear. They're all adding to fear. And you're replaying this script in your mind over and over and over. And so you want to control the process by saying, well, if I sell this house, I'm going to get the money, I'm going to be able to be happier, I'm going to feel better, so this house should have been sold yesterday, I'm going to call my realtor and say, I want this house sold by the end of this month, it needs to be sold by the end of this month, okay? Now take a step back. So you've constricted, you've, you've kind of restricted these boundaries in your mind of this house needs to be sold by this time um, in this way to somebody who can afford it, and it's just going to be done that way, right? Now st- take a step back, okay? And understand that there are a lot of different players within this one scenario, right? It's not just about you, and the universe doesn't find that sexy, <laughs> It doesn't like. Uh, it doesn't respond to. Uh, I need this done now. I need this done now. I need this person in my life. I need this house sold. I need. I need. I need. I need. This is coming from a place of lack. This is coming from a place of fear, which is delusional and restrictive and just not creative and is not part of flow. So you've now created a scenario that is restricting. It's also restricting the energy of everybody else involved in that scenario. It's restricting the energy of attracting a buyer that really wants that home, that's really going to appreciate that home, and that is going to be able to afford that home. It's also restricting the real estate agent who is trying to sell in a really positive way, who wants to attract buyers for you, who wants to do a good job but now it's kind of restricting the process because it's coming from a place of fear. So you've got everybody in that scenario working from a place of fear, which is restricting the entire energy process. And if you don't believe in that, if you don't if you don't think that that's true, right? Because there are a lot of different arguments to that. Yes, we need to light a fire under people's butts sometimes. Yes, we need to be a part of this action process. We need to be a player in this process. But how we go about that is up to you, right? It's up to you. You get to choose how you get to do that. And so what the universe, and this is what I have studied, and this is, you know, this is what I put into play in my life, and this is how I have changed my life for the better because I have allowed this. Um, when we start to think for the greatest good of everyone involved, then that's when... A uh, higher, greater plan comes into form, greater beyond our wildest dreams, beyond what we could, um, th- you know, think in our tiny little brain. Basically, our mind constricts miracles. And so when we let go and we step back and we say, I am willing to be open to creative possibilities, right? We're coming back to the mantras again. I am willing to be open to creative possibilities. Not only does it kind of give you a sense of calm, right? That you don't need to be in full control of this, that that you do have support from the energy and and situations that are coming in, Um, but it also communicates to the energy around you that I am open to, you know, whatever is the greatest good for everyone involved here. I understand that I am not the only person that needs to get something out of this. I understand that. And I want to be of service to this situation as well. What can I do to be of service? I'm not going to put this all on one person. I'm not going to put restrictions on this. Yes, I would love that this house be sold today. (laughs) Wouldn't we all, you know? But we need to be aware... That there are other moving parts in each situation, and when we show up with a vibration of constriction and fear and lack and anxiety, that we are creating the space of complete um, minimalization. It's like you—you you might get something from it, but it's going to be the least. It's going to be so inhibited. It's going to be the least of what you could have gotten gotten from it. You know, if you had opened yourself up and maybe like, you know, done something so that you could have changed up your vibration to attract a greater outcome, then that could have happened. But if we keep going about our life in this very constrictive fashion and we don't have faith, we don't have faith that something's going to come in and we start to pray for things that are very constrictive and I want this I need this I need it in this way then we aren't working with faith okay so we that is something that's so important moving forward in letting go of control and understanding that we don't have control of a lot of things in our life and that we do we have to let go of that which we cannot control right so understanding the different, situations that we cannot control. We can't, we can't control how other people act. We can't control, um, you know, if people are going to fall in love with our house, we can't control if people are going to fall in love with us. Um, there are certain things that we can do to help the situation, but we, we can't control the outcome of every single situation in our life. And the sooner that we start to realize that the sooner, the, the sooner we'll be able to find more joy in each experience. Because really, it is if we have put ourselves in a situation where we need something right now, then there are eight other different things in our life that we need to look at um and change because we should never be put in a situation where we need something to be done right now um, you know unfortunately, a lot of people are put into those scenarios because of ten different decisions they've you know kind of put into place before that but the best way to come back to a place of love which is you know where we want to be all the time because only love is real um is to come back to the mantras to come back to i am willing to see this in a different way i am willing to be open to creative possibilities um and then just coming back to that place of I understand that this that that not everything is about me, okay, so um, and let me know if this is like connecting with you because it's it is a big concept and I think a lot of people let their ego ego egos <laughs> egos hold on to the fact that they think they can control everything. That if I'm not in control, like how is any of this going to get done? How is this going to come to a place where I'm happy with this? You'll know when you are coming from a place of it's about me and I want it done now. Because it doesn't feel good in the gut, it actually weakens your gut, it weakens your immune system, it puts you in a place of constant fear, it it weakens your faith and faith is a huge thing i mean i'm i'm all about faith and you know um sometimes i i feel like i'm not allowed to talk about faith a lot because there's such this like stigma around faith there's st- stigma because of religion or people's past experiences around faith and i i don't um i don't uh you know put anybody down that doesn't have strong faith because I've been there and I understand what it's like. Um, But, but if you don't have a strong faith, maybe just look at that and understand that that's where you're at. Um, But I'm very open in speaking about faith. I'm very open in relying on the universe as a partner in my life. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast that I hope you are too, at least open and curious And stay open to possibilities in life. Because as soon as as we close those doors, we're creating a very minimalistic, limited pathway for ourselves. Where we rely fully on ourselves. And we can only construct what our mind has constructed and thought of. We can only construct what our mind has constructed and thought of. So let that sink in a little bit. Whatever your mind whatever thoughts you have created is the boundary of which you will be able to go to so if you completely rely on yourself on this in this life and you think you are in control of everything that you will only be able to go towards what your mind has created and thought of and imagined nothing beyond your wildest dreams nothing beyond that boundary of what your mind has created will happen because you're not open to it you're not flexible enough to allow that to happen so you are restricting yourself to the boundaries of which you have created and your thoughts create your reality so faith is a huge key within coming into a place of fully being open and flexible and Um, lenient in what comes into your life now whether that's a low vibration or high vibration experience is up to you you get to choose that right because what we see and what we pay attention to are two different things so yes we are still an active player in all of this which makes the ego's head perk up (laughs) which is like oh i still have a part to play yes you still the ego always has a part to play we always have a part to play as well. But we need to give a voice to spirit. We need to give a voice to our faith. What is that faith? What do we believe in? And what are we open to? Because as soon as you close doors, you're closing doors. And that's that's a very limited view of the world and what can happen, right? And um, you know, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, which I'm like a number one fan of, <laughs> um, I love the way that he he views the world. I'm not on one side or the other. I am not fully dedicated to one thought or another. I am not fully committed to one opinion or another. I stay in the middle, but I am open to anything. I am open to anything, but I also question Everything. Right, I am open to anything, but I question everything, and that's a really great way to live your life because none of us know anything. (laughs) I mean, really, like none of us know anything—why we're here, why we're on this planet, how the world works. You know, yes, we have certain tools like science and you know our own experiences, but the be all and the end all of it is we are a speck of dust in. You know, in, infinite amount of possibilities. So, the sooner you understand that you know nothing is when you start to step towards a place of enlightenment. When you are in a place of I know everything and I do everything and I control everything, that is when you know you're in a place of darkness. You are not on the road to enlightenment. You don't, you actually don't know anything. And if you, if you read about enlightenment, you read, the guru's book, you read Yog, Yogananda, that is the theme, that is the message in a lot of different books, right, from ancient scripture of the sooner you know you know nothing is when the guru will appear, so yeah, we just need to be humble, we need to be humble, we need to be open to whatever is coming up, whatever is there, whatever energy is there, that, w- that which we can see and that which we cannot see. Um, but for me, I know that I, I struggle with control. I know that I, and, but that is the first step, right? Every day being aware that, am I controlling the situation too much? Am I putting different, um, regulations on this person that I shouldn't be? Am, am I expecting too much? So uh, it's really inter- and, all the time. I see signs all the time. And a lot of people say, well, you, you see what you want to see. Right. But that's true. I do see what I want to see because my attention is tuned into certain things. Right. Um, but I just, for some reason I, I was on Facebook and you can laugh at me if you want, (laughs) but I was watching this, this video of a lion and some person, uh, had added a comment, if if you could name this lion, what would you name the lion? And I just put in for some reason this name came up for me, Raja. I just put in Raja. I don't know why I was bored. I just <laughs> you know you're on Facebook, whatever. But I had this name pop into my head. And I was like, I've heard this somewhere before. What is this? And sure enough, that evening I decided to pull out my book of the path of the Yoga Sutras. Um, by Nikolai Bachman. I read this book all the time because I feel that this book is truly the seed of my evolvement, my journey. Um, so all of the sutras by Patanjali are the seeds of yoga. Um, they are the ethics, the values, the morals, and the self-knowledge that we are searching for. So... Um, they're all in Sans like the, the sutras are in Sanskrit, and I know, I knew that I had heard Raja, right, somewhere, but I just picked up this book, and I, usually what I, I'll do is I'll just, I'll, before I open the book, I just ask the universe to show me what message I need to hear today, w- what do I need to keep in mind as I move forward in my life, it, this in this week, in this moment, what do I need to hear? And sure enough, I've, I just, you know, run my finger across the pages, I open one, it goes straight to the page. And the sutra is Raja. No, I, and I like, I can't, I, I cannot make this up. And I really felt like, you know, again, in that infinity sign of the flow of the universe, this happens to me a lot. I receive messages a lot, and then they come through in different ways. But this sutra came up for me, and I really wanted to share it today because it's something that we all do uh, because we allow we allow um, past experiences to influence us. But what's different about this sutra is that it talks about past experiences in a different way. So the way that I usually think about past experiences are sometimes in a bad way right so okay the past experiences that i've had in the past are restricting the way that i'm perceiving certain things because of fear and it's closed my heart off and i can't open up to this experience right now because of past fear what raja talks about is actually clinging to past pleasure so past experiences that have actually given you pleasure and made you feel good. And we all, what we need to understand is that we also cling to those experiences and then we try to recreate them in the present moment for moment for moment and so we have all these expectations of of oh this person should be this way or this experience of this concert should be this way or this yoga retreat should be this way because it happened this way last year those are my experiences (laughs) anyways I I wanted to read this I think it's really it's really short but um yeah just take in what you think Uh, resonates for you so wherever you will be attached there you will go and this goes back to the attention wherever we're tuning our attention into is usually dictated by our past experiences so when we have an experience that is pleasurable it is natural desire to desired again an attachment is formed if the desire cannot be fulfilled causing pain or discomfort then raja has manifested in us This suffering is happening because we are attached to a previously experienced pleasure. If we can let go of this attachment, then we can avoid the associated suffering. Raja is one of the most powerful causes of suffering and therefore one of the most difficult causes to weaken and overcome. It contains within it the fear of not experiencing something again. The word raja can mean coloring, and an experience can color or leave a stain in our psyche. Raja can can arise due to any sensory or emotional attachment, just as certain colors attract our eyes again and again. Sensory pleasures can attract our attention repeatedly until we form an attachment to them. A raja is also like a musical mode that steers our mood, seducing our consciousness into its emotional zone when we experience a pleasurable event a memory is created one that colors our heart mind by making us desire that experience again each time we repeat the event the memory is strengthened the more intense the pleasure the stronger the memory this memory can create a habit or addiction a pleasure stain that remains and influences future actions our habits or attachments may be stronger than we realize, and they can involve our senses and emotions. For example, a sweet tooth seems mild, yet an attachment to eating sweets can be a very tough attachment to overcome. It can prevent a well-intended weight loss by causing us to eat high-calorie sweets that negate the effects of other dietary improvements. The scent of a cologne, perfume, or essential oil can create attraction, As can simply seeing a beautiful person. Hearing a harmonious melody or angelic voice makes us want to hear more of it. Receiving an extraordinary massage or being touched in a powerful way forms a visceral memory that fuels our desire to feel that touch again. So that was a really, really deep one for me because my very first job was actually at a private uh, spa in North Vancouver for... Uh, NHL wives and they had the best massage therapist there ever the Swedish massage therapist and I had my first massage there I had an out-of-body experience and I have never been able to to enjoy a massage since ever and it's so deeply ingrained in me like I cannot relax in a massage anymore it's horrible um, so strong habits and addictions are even harder to break an addiction turn to narcotics or alcohol can cause all kinds of pain and suffering for us and those around us behavioral patterns such as attracting the same kind of personality for a relationship even though we know that this type of personality is not healthy for us to be around can also be addictive habitual patterns of behavior are perf- are formed by Raja more than any other Klesha so Klesha is like a um, past seed of fear. So basically just a a past experience. So habitual patterns of behavior by Raja are formed more than any other past experience. So that is the strength in positive uh, affirmation. Positive experiences actually influence us more than negative ones. So that's kind of like a mind fuck for me. (laughs) Because I have, you know, and we do a lot of this, especially in shadow work, especially in spiritual coaching, what are the past experiences that have hindered me because they have created fear in me Um, because they've been negative, but never looking at the experiences that have actually been extraordinarily amazing in my life that have now also created fear in my life because I can't recreate them that's like I don't know about you but that that blows my mind (laughs) like reading that last night I was so it's so true like we want to recreate the best experiences we've ever had in our life over and over and over again and a lot of us actually create a life around that concept to safeguard that lifestyle Right, So people who live in a safety bubble, they want to safeguard their lifestyle, where they are with their friends, with their experiences, with their town, with whatever it is, and they want to do whatever they can to recreate moments over and over and over again with the same people, the same experiences, not really understanding that all experiences evolve in different ways and that they're supposed to change, you know? So it, it can also allow us to understand you know, where pe- other people are coming up from ed- as well. So Raja is the third Klesha and is somewhat parallel to Dvesha, um, the fourth Klesha. So these are all things that hin- hinder us. Both are emotional triggers based on clinging to a past experience, reducing our involvement with external things, counteracts both Raja and Dvesha. Practicing the tools of Kriya Yoga weakens Raja and the other psycho-emotional afflictions. Okay, so Kriya Yoga is all about taking yoga, the yogic mind, off of the mat and actually being mindful in every day, right? So the more that we can become aware of our mind and start to study our thoughts, start to study our emotions, start to, to ask why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting this way? Why am I doing this without giving myself a guilt trip? Um, is how we will uh, halt this experience of, of our expectations being so high. So for example, you just ended a passionate but unfulfilling and unhealthy relationship in which you experienced both intense pleasure And pain. It's hard to let go of those experiences and move on with your life because the relationship lasted so long, the impressions had time to develop deep patterns in your consciousness, which can pull you back into. Uh, the relationship or a similar relationship despite your mind telling you that going back is not a good idea. It is much more difficult to resist Raja and stay away from the person than it is to submit to Raja and return to the, this intense pleasure. We can apply Kriya Yoga in the situation to weaken it when we muster the strength to break away from the easy road of following our long-standing tendencies and we instead listen to our inner voice telling us not to return to the past and to move ahead with our life. Then that's when tapas is happening. And in yoga, tapas is the inner burning fire of change and discomfort. So resisting a powerful habit can be difficult and uncomfortable. So our self-observation allows us to observe our emotions from a distance and listen to the advice of friends and family. Ishvara Pramadana is the letting go of this unhealthy relationship and having faith that life will be okay without it. Desire is fine as long as we are not attached to its fulfillment. Now that is another (laughs) line that has just changed my, I don't really know how to apply that yet, but I am really blown away in my mind about it. So we are, it's okay to desire things. It's okay. And desire is so necessary in life. It's so necessary to desire something. But if the, if it's the fulfillment of it that we are attracted to, then that's, when Raja is at play. That's when our expectations of trying to create an experience is taking over and clouding the actual experience. So instead of being in the moment and actually understanding, okay, this is the moment. So, and think about this is when you were younger and you didn't have any expectations of any experience because they were all firsts, that was when you enjoyed it and that's why it was such a pleasure, expe- pleasurable experience is because you were fully present. You were just in that moment, just experiencing it for what it was and you didn't have any fear and you didn't have any expectation. You were just there. That's when we can start to truly be here, just experiencing, enjoying, letting go and that's when we're in the higher vibration of being able to just be in the flow. So desire is like a fire, it's always burning, and the satisfaction of desire is like the result of any action, must be let go. Our outer wants and ambitions change over time, part of the continuous flux of the universe. Turning our attention inwards and experiencing our inner light of awareness naturally diminishes outer desires and cultivates varagya ultimate peace. Wishing to become better people and improve our lives is healthy and necessary for moving forward on our journey. Right? So we cannot keep creating these experiences that we've had in the past. But until we actually recognize that that's what we're trying to do, then we'll never be satisfied. We just... We just we go we go to parties or we go to any experience and we just say oh that wasn't you know it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, because the ex- the expectation that we had was linked to and comparing to an experience we've had in the past, so the need to re-experience an enjoyable enjoyable event is a source of suffering. Past experiences can color present and future thoughts, words, and deeds. And if I cannot have what I want, I will let go of it and move on. So that is a very powerful mantra as well. If I cannot have what I want, I will let go of it and move on. So I think all of these, I mean, this this sutra in itself really, really helps me to understand that... Any expectations that I have, especially going into like a new experience, uh, just understanding that that's what it is. Um, It is a new experience and I need to be open to whatever that experience gives me um, to not sit in my past uh, expectations of what it should be. So it's really obviously it's going it is a process but the first step is understanding that that's actually what's happening (laughs) that's actually what's happening and our expectations also can come from other people's great experiences as well right um you know so any expectation that you have it's we have to we have to be willing to set those expect some of those down Um, we need to have expectations of people and we need to have boundaries, but we also cannot be unrealistic and we need to be aware of what, what expectations we have and why we have them, what they're for. So yes, a lot to take in. I think a really great exercise is, um, to feel how difficult letting go of a seemingly mild attachment can be just try and abstain from one of your favorite foods for a while, one of your favorite TV shows for a while, one of your favorite, just one of your favorite uh, comfort things that you do. Um, ab- try to abstain from it. Start to feel with that Feels like, understand what that feels like, and then allow tapas to come in. So tapas, and understanding that that's what it is. When we feel discomfort, it's not a bad thing, although we align it with a bad thing because of these past experiences. Discomfort can be a good thing, it means that we are changing, it means that we are challenging ourselves, we're evolving. And tapas is that inner fire of discomfort within the spirit, within the body that is burning away any, anything that is blocking you, anything that's blocking you from being open to this situation. So even, you know, when I was earlier, when I was talking about faith, you know, if somebody's talking about faith or, um, Jesus, which I you know can be a, um, you know, a uh, you know, a very, very discomfort, uh, uncomfortable place for some people, an uncomfortable word. Um, Sit with it, you know, that's all you want to do is just sit with it and and understand what it means for you. Why is it making you feel this uncomfortable? Um, And then just sit with that instead of judging the process, instead of judging yourself or the person that's talking about faith, just sit with that and what it means for you um, because it, it uh, if we are in in a, a place of discomfort, it means that we've shut down a part of ourselves that doesn't want to be open okay so lots to talk about um, I think that's all I have to say today <laughs> um, because all of this really came to my my experience this past week with this Really long lunar cycle that we just had, um, and also the eclipse that just happened on Friday night, um, which was the—it's been the longest lunar cycle in the 21st century. Um, This eclipse was all about change. It's all about letting go and moving into a completely new—not just a new chapter, but kind of a new book of your life. Of looking at things differently, looking at yourself differently, looking at experiences in a whole. but we can only be open to those experiences if we allow ourselves to be. So I wish you well. I hope that this has helped you. Um, I know for me, I'm only sharing things that, you know, kind of let me look at myself differently, let me look at the world differently, and also make a huge impact on my psyche. (laughs) So I'm constantly reading these things. I'm constantly practicing these things. So that's what this podcast is all about. Um, things that I've studied, things that I experience and practice, and also bringing people on to the podcast that ha- that also have something to share about these things and how they apply them. Because I think the most important thing is yes, studying things and reading things is super important, but also how do we apply it? And and I love talking to other people that can really lay this down in a way that's ap- applicable for for somebody who hasn't even heard of this stuff before. Um, because that's kind of that's what I feel the world is really looking for is how can I take this information and apply it. And that's why I love the sutras. That's why I love the Yoga Sutras because that's what they're all about. So check that book out. It's The Path of the Yoga Sutras by Nikolai Bachman. It's a practical guide to the core of yoga and it also allows you to really understand these are the first two limbs of yoga so there's eight limbs in the ashtanga tradition these are the two first limbs so when you are practicing the first two limbs and if you are practicing yoga then you're already you already have the first three limbs down so i i usually go deeper into that into my yoga retreats but I feel like that's too deep today. So I'm going to say goodbye. Have a beautiful day. And I will talk to you next week.